welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and I am joined as always by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. The Peaceful Ease hotline, it's always hot. You can dial in and call us and share with us your thoughts, ideas, questions for Eli, anything you want to talk about, 424-625-5562 is that number. Again, 424-625-5562 is the number. You can also email us, podcast at peacefulease.com. And check out what Ela's up to at all times at her website, peacefulease.com is her website. Ela, what's going on? Deep, deep, deep work. (laughs) Deep work. So Ela and I had a fascinating conversation before we hit the record button, and she actually made me hit the record button before we finished the conversation because she didn't want to lose what was coming up, and I am so intrigued by this. So I'm actually just going to turn it over to her and let her fill you in on what she's been studying, researching, and really experimenting with herself, which I find to be completely fascinating. And I can't wait to ask her a bunch of questions. So Eli, it's all yours. And I'll chime in with all these questions that come up as you explain. Yeah. So I'll try to keep this episode within the normal range, not like three and a half hours. <laughs> but I really find this fascinating. I started to read this book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it was recommended to me by Clive Holmes, one of my precious teachers, around two years ago. And it took me two years to be ready to order this book because it's a very, very deep and very, very dark book because it talks about trauma. And it's written by a trauma therapist in Boston. And it's a hard book to read. So I don't recommend it if you are kind of sensitive. However, there's a section in there about healing trauma, and one of the ways they recommend or talk about healing trauma is a therapy method called IFS, Internal Family Systems. Now, when I say family, most people think mother and father and children, so I wish they called this therapy like internal community systems, whereas there's less hierarchy. (laughs) But what this approach says is like that We are made up of many multiple subpersonalities. For example, that's why even the most kind of normal person struggles between sometimes lying on the sofa and watching that TV series or going out and having a drink with the friends. Because different personalities, sub-personalities within this person wants different things. One wants to lie on the sofa, the other one wants to go out. And the theory is that these personalities emerge, especially during crises. So it doesn't have to be only that. But if you experience any kind of trauma, 
perhaps especially around childhood, because that's when we are more vulnerable and open, we create a subpersonality to push away that unpleasant memory or the unpleasant sensation or emotion. So these subpersonalities can hold anger or hatred or frustration or depression for us so that we can continue with life. We can just go to school or go to work and deal with daily stuff. However, until we get to know these subpersonalities, they just live within us like roommates and they control us or influence us, but we don't really know why we are doing what we are doing. So this is the fascinating part, that we are ruled by these subpersonalities, yet because we don't look inside and say, hey, who's this afraid of this or who's this who wants to be like that? We just think it's me. There's just one me and that's it. And the person who created this apparently, or one of the persons who was trained by the creator of this therapy said he himself as a therapist found 40 different subpersonalities and he's rather a put together uh, therapist. <laughs> so imagine what we have here, how many people are doing this podcast right now? <laughs> Wow, that's intense. But one of the things that came up for me as you were just talking about this and mentioning this is I was just doing some reading the other day and it was about behavior and why we do the things we do basically. And it said that every behavior is ruled by a thought process and self-awareness is being able to be aware of those thought processes that lead to the certain behavior. So if you're doing things that – if you're getting results that you don't necessarily want – it's a consistent behavior that's causing that, and there's a thought process behind that behavior that's driving that behavior, which are giving you the results. And so it makes me think, now that you mentioned this, from this perspective, it's not just the thought process, it's who's having the thought process. Exactly, yes. <laughs> and that just adds another whole layer of complexity to this whole thing. Exactly. And that's the beauty of it. Like a mad scientist, what I've been doing here in Switzerland is like going through this work myself. So digging out all the sub-personalities that I have. And so far, I found 14 of me here. <laughs> and the interesting thing is they can all be different genders and age groups. Now, when you uncover a different personality or a different piece of ELA, do you name it accordingly? and identify it as something completely different? How do you do that? How do you recognize it? So you don't name it. You ask if she or he has a name. So some of them I had to kind of address at some point. But when I started to write, so I started to write interviews with these subpersonalities. So during the interview, sometimes their names come up. They mention it. But I didn't know until I wrote the interview. Even though looking back, I could see how this subpersonality has been ruling my life. Now I have a name for that subpersonality. <laughs> and the question I have for you now is who's interviewing these people? <laughs> these personalities, I should say. They're not people per se, they're personalities. Who's interviewing them? Yeah. So who's asking? <laughs> yeah, well, this is going to drive me crazy now. <laughs> like I said, this could be a three-hour episode, just a bonus one. 
So one of the exercises that they taught us as I was going through my coach training, one of the many trainings that I went through was strategic intervention by the Robbins Madonna's training, which is the Tony Robbins school of training. And one of the exercises that Tony did as they were doing the teaching the course was he would talk to someone specifically. And this was like a three hour session that would take place on multiple days. So it was very in depth, but what you're talking about, he would have these conversations, these real in depth conversations with people and identify the different aspects of the different personalities because his whole theory behind this or psychology's theory is that we all have multiple personalities and these personalities will sometimes conflict. And when that happens and we have that inner conflict, it makes us feel stuck or doesn't allow us to get to where we actually think we want to be or whatnot. So what his whole goal was to do, and it was remarkable to watch this happen. I don't know how lasting this was afterwards, but you know, at least the two weeks after this happened, when they interviewed her, it was still the same thing. So he took this female and had this conversation where they identified these different personalities. And instead of shutting one away or saying one's right or wrong, good or bad, they came up with a framework to allow these personalities to still be themselves, but to play nicely together. And I thought that was super interesting. Is this kind of very similar to that? Yeah, I think so. And the goal of this therapy technique is to get to know all these sub-personalities that live within us. It's like sharing a house. Well, in this case, we share a body. We are roommates with all these sub-personalities and they all have their goals and desires and different fears. And the goal is not to get rid of them. It's more like to have them all in a room, sitting around a kind of table and talk to each other about what kind of united goal there could be that makes everyone happy. And it's very interesting because, for example, I found characters, subpersonalities in me that are completely like LA people, you know, your usual LA person. Yet there, there are maybe one or two subpersonalities that are the opposite. They want to kind of live in a hut in the middle of nowhere in a mountain and like chop wood and like, you know, just live with their bare, <laughs> bare hands, you know, in a way. And I think there are also quite a few males in me, probably more than female, actually, characters. I'm not done with this. So I can give you an update maybe later on. And there are a lot of young characters. Um, so they are kids. So it's very hard because I haven't finished this process yet. It's very hard to imagine having all these people, especially kids running around in one room and have them sit around the table and say, okay, what kind of united goals can we work for? Because they seem to live in different realms. They have different memories of my life. And they hold different emotions. Some of them are really angry and they are like almost made out of anger. Whereas some of them are very, you know, peaceful. Like this, right now, this version of me, like who's talking is also, so like you ask this beautiful question, who is this interviewing those characters or who is this talking? And my gathering of it right now is that this is the outcome talking of these 14 different characters. So these 14 characters are somehow filtered and they go through some kind of channel of expression. And here is the outcome describing the event. In the therapy, this is called the self with a capital S. 
For me, it's like the current outcome of Ila Crane. But I expect a different outcome to appear when I finish this process of getting to know each subpersonality. And I'm really clueless right now what that outcome would be like, but that keeps exciting. It's very, very interesting. And so when you do this and when you sit down and interview these personalities, do you have a special time and a special place where you do this or does it just come up whenever it comes up? Um, No, I try to be systematic, but you can't force it. So generally I start like around 10 o'clock in the morning and then I do it until 12 and then I go hiking and just let it kind of sizzle a bit because sometimes there's a lot coming up and I often ask who wants to be interviewed so I'm not a dictator here like saying okay next okay tell me what how old are you what's your name it's more like is there anyone there who wants to be who wants to share any memories or who wants to talk about himself or herself and when somebody steps forward okay I have a candidate But if nobody steps forward, I don't force it. It's not the right time. What's the most surprising personality you've come across within yourself so far? (laughs) Quite a few. I think one of the most fascinating ones is this very capable male character who just wants to live in a hut in the middle of nowhere and have no contact with the real world in any way. Like he's really a doomsday scenario guy. And funnily enough, he represents your typical like American you see in the movies, like preparing for the, you know, in doomsday scenarios for the kind of next world war or an Armageddon kind of scenario. So he's all about being self-sufficient and he's all about hardcore skills. And that was a bit surprising because I, it's not my strength. You know, I, I studied, I have a BA and MA and a, an MSc. It's like I studied so much. I spent most of my life in my head reading about theory rather than going out into the field doing stuff. Even when I studied archaeology and they said, oh, you know, your marks are really good. Like I had the second best marks in the department they said don't you want to go to an excavation and my answer was like no I'm scared of spiders and scorpions and I don't want any of that but I love studying it (laughs) so to kind of find a part of me who would actually want to go to the excavations and who's so capable and it made total sense because You know, during hiking trips, I mentioned in a previous episode where there are injuries, I just keep going on. You know, there's this unstoppable me. And I think that comes from him. He always like just moves forward somehow. There's nothing that could stop him. And it's it's been very interesting to get to know him. It's still working progress our interview together (laughs) but it was a surprise do you have any idea of how many different personalities you have i mean you've uncovered 14 do you have any idea how many there might be so according to this therapy that could be hundreds but generally there is a bunch of sub personalities that kind of rule us influence us to a major degree 
And instead of spending the rest of my life looking for more, I think I will settle with what I have right now. If anyone dominant appears that I haven't seen before, yes, I'm open to it. But I really think these 14 and or even less, because like I said, quite a few of them are children, have been the most kind of created the most impact in my life and they define who I am. And one more thing, it's super interesting that some of these personalities are created by me consciously to a level. Like, for example, up until university, I didn't have great social skills. It took a lot of effort and experimentation and reading to build social skills. And I really call this part of me the social genius who was created consciously because I needed such a subpersonality. And this subpersonality doesn't even have a specific gender. It can be he or a she, depending on the social situation. So if you put me in an environment where there are like hundreds of men and I'm the only female or two, then I'm like, I know how to talk the right language in that environment. And the social genius in me would be male then. But you can also do the other way around and put me with a group of women where then I could feel the social genius would change gender to female. And this is not like faking it, more like I would feel both or either, depending on the situation. So it's really fascinating to (laughs) think of yourself like that. And I think it's very groundbreaking and unusual in our society. I think it just goes to a deeper level of self-awareness, right? Because it's not just being aware that you have these thoughts that drive behaviors that equal results. But as we talked about earlier, it's who's actually thinking these thoughts, who's crafting them. And if you have a better idea that this personality thinks this way, or this may show up because of this personality or this trait that I have within me, that if you give it a name and really recognize it, it can really help you avoid inner conflict or be more resourceful with your inner conflict and allow these personalities to express themselves, but to express themselves in a constructive way together to help that what you called outcome mm-hmm. be that version that you desire it to be. Yeah. And it explains so much about why and how we get stuck in life. Because like you said, when these characters are conflicted, then you can't move forward. It feels like you turn the pedals but you're on a bike and the front wheel goes backward and the back wheel goes forward. So you're turning the pedals, but you're not going anywhere. And when I think about myself or my friends or family or clients, I can see such patterns very often. For example, that we want to be seen and appreciated, but yet if you experience any kind of childhood trauma, you'll be afraid to be seen because there's a child that would meant trouble. So the part of you is still holding back, but a part of you is wanting to grow out of it. Or that you may want to be wealthy and have a comfortable life like everyone else, but then you can also hold these beliefs around money, that money doesn't grow on the trees or money is evil. So, And then you can figure out how to overcome this conflict. But if you think about yourself as like different personalities holding different belief systems, then you can have them sit down together and like really question what is true and what's not true and what's serving the self with the capital S. 
Great stuff, Ela. As always, this is very fascinating. It's something that I think we'll probably end up talking about more and more in the future as we go on. I don't think this is the last you'll hear of this because <laughs> as you explore more, I'm fascinated to hear more, of course. But before we go, I just want to ask you, do you have anything you want to leave listeners with? Any activities or exercises or anything that you want to leave them with before we go? I think a wonderful first step would be trying to catch who's talking in your head. Like when you hear somebody saying, oh, I don't like this, or you're doing it wrong again, or you look great today, it doesn't have to be negative. It's just like ask, who is saying this to me? And who's saying this to whom, in a way? Because that will be the first step towards you discovering who's within. Who are your roommates? I think you just came up with the title of the episode, Who Are Your Roommates? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But that's great. Yes, just being aware and being cognizant and thinking of this and being aware and being curious to learn more can really help you discover some things about yourself you didn't know and be able to utilize that in a way in which could be very constructive towards getting to where you want to get. Yeah, totally agree. So, Ela, thanks again. This has been great. I want to remind people before we sign off about the Peaceful Ease hotline, connect with us there. If any of this sparked any curiosity within you and you'd like to have a conversation about it or share some thoughts with Hila, because I know this is completely fascinating to me, you can do that via the Peaceful Ease hotline at 424-625-5562 is the number. Again, 424-625-5562. You can also email us, podcast at peacefulease.com. And as always, keep up with Ela and everything that she's up to at peacefulease.com. That is her website. Ela, once again, thank you so much. This has been one of my favorite episodes. I've just, it's, I'm so curious. It's so interesting to me. So thank you for bringing this up and doing the work and leading by example and bringing this to light because I think self-awareness is so important. And I think the more aware we can become and the more cognizant we can become, the more we can experience at a deeper level. So thank you for that. And I'm looking forward to picking up the conversation on the next episode. I just want to say you're welcome. All the Elos here are welcoming all the Marios there. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much. And I want to thank everyone for listening. As always, for Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.